Welcome to the B2B Mix Show with Elena and Stacy. Each week, we'll bring you ideas that you can implement in your own marketing strategy. We'll share what we know and advice from industry experts who will join us from time to time here on the show. Are you ready to mix it up? Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the B2B Mix Show. Today we are talking ABM, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh my gosh, another podcast about ABM. Ugh. No, no, that's not what we're doing. Yes, we're talking about ABM, but we're talking about taking your ABM to the next level, okay? So we're talking about sales and marketing alignment within your ABM process so that you will have a more successful go at it with ABM. Okay, so there's a lot of pieces that you might be missing with this. So stay tuned and listen up because we're going to be talking to Billy Bateman, who is the co-founder of ChatFunnels. And that is a digital conversation analytics and optimization solutions provider. And he has a background in digital marketing, business operations and entrepreneurship. He grew up in Idaho and he graduated from Brigham Young University and has a master's of business administration from Boise State, from Boise State University. He is an avid outdoorsman and enjoys fishing and hunting. All right, Billy, thank you so much for joining us on the B2B Make Show. We are excited to have you on and talk about some ABM stuff. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, really excited to be here and, and be on the show with you ladies. So sales and marketing alignment has always been a big conversation, but it's even more important with ABM. So Let's talk about how do you start the foundation to get that right? How do you organize your sales and marketing teams to work together as a single unit to make ABM successful? Yeah, um, I think there's a few things you have to do. So the first thing is at the leadership level beyond like it's easy for me as like a founder to be like, hey, we're going to do this. But you have to go down to who's running marketing, who's running sales or or perhaps you know maybe a click down depending on your organization size, but you have to get the two your two leaders on board and on the same page. First off, um, one of the conversations I remember, you know, we're small enough that hey, I have one guy who who runs the whole sales team, one guy who runs the whole marketing team, and essentially everyone on those teams report into them. And we started like when we started out doing our own, we call it account based engagement, but it's just a, you know an iteration of of an ABM and uh, sales, Steve and, and Pete were definitely not on the same page. You know, Pete was like, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to run, you know, here are my target accounts that, that I think match our ICP. I'm going to start, you know, with our email blast and, and, you know, all of our play. And then Steve had a whole nother play where he'd made his own list and he was like, Hey, we're going after these accounts on our own. <laughs> um, and, you know, I saw that was happening pretty, pretty quickly. And, and, you know, we sat down with them and I was like, guys, we've got to get on the same page. Um, and so we had, they have a meeting once a week now, essentially just to go over everything account-based engagement related and, and what we're running. So the first thing is you got to get your leadership on board with, uh, with doing that. And then you got to define things to make sure you guys are operating on the same level. So what, how are we going to choose the accounts that we go after? And then, can we agree on the accounts that that we're really targeting and going after? Like you've got to get those two on the same page, and you know that comes down to you know we'll probably talk about how do you define an ICP a little later because um, mm-hmm. that's a that could be a whole podcast all on its own if you really want to <laughs> dive into that. Um, but then just making sure you agree on the list, I think it's the biggest thing. 
and, and how you arrive at who goes on the list. So one of the things that we do is, you know, we have an ICP um, and, you know, we're a software company, so I can, and I, my biggest role is running our product and I can say, Hey, like, here's our problem. Like we can run a look up and say, anytime a company who matches our ICP comes to the account and, and says, you know, does some actions that make it look like, Hey, there might be some buying intent. We automatically add those into our new target list. Cause it's like, dude, rather than just say, Hey, this is who we want to sell to. We know somebody's got some interest and we can start working that right away. Even, you know, maybe they're very early in the buying process, but, but still like that's much better than us just going through a list and saying, I think these guys fit the, they fit the bill. Let's go after them. Um, Cause you don't know where they are. Like they could be in a three-year contract with your competitor. Right. It's like, yeah, we, we right. love you, but uh, you're going to buy us out of our three-year contract. And usually the answer is yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, let's talk in a year and maybe we'll buy you out of the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Word will get around. Everybody will be like, buy us out of our contract. Yeah. 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 It's like, that's a slippery slope right there. Yeah. Um, but getting them on the same page uh, really comes down to alignment and making sure you are consistent with that. So we've all started programs. It's like, okay, we're all going to do this, whatever it is as an organization, you know, and you have it at your quarterly or annual kickoff. And then in three months, it's like, are we still working on those goals? You know, it's easy to get distracted by new things happen every day. And so Mm -hmm. just making sure, Hey, we know what the rules are, what we're going after together. And we're consistent in following up. And, and if we are going to adjust, like we're all in agreement on this is how we're going to adjust. It's almost like you you mentioned to ensure you've got some good change management in place too to follow up and keep people engaged. And yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's something new, like you have got to, the follow up has got to be key. And and like with anything, uh, even if you've been doing it for two years and all of a sudden you stop your weekly meetings and your, your follow up and reporting, like, it's going to go, it's not going to go the way you, yeah. you want it to go anymore. Yeah. And you had mentioned there was, they, they kind of at first still kind of did their own thing. What yeah. do you think that resistance, what, what was the resistance that was happening there? Do you think? I don't know if there was, you know, just talking about our organization, I don't think there was any resistance. I think it was, they just wanted to get things done, you know? Um, they're just like, hey, and you're like, this is what I'm just I know. doing. Yeah. 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 This is people like to be busy. You know, yeah. like we, we all like to be busy. And sometimes it's it's better if you're like, maybe we're you're just not as busy, but we're doing the right things. And it yeah. takes some time to to get people okay with that. Not that, you know, these guys don't work hard. Um, but uh you gotta you gotta get them on the same page and it can be tough because when you're relying and waiting on other people, it just slows things down. And, and luckily like the guys that we have in those roles really, you know, their default is action. Like they don't, they don't sit mm-hmm. around planning forever. They just, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to do, do yeah. Yeah. you know, I see a nail, I'm going to hammer. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just takes some time to get them on the same, same page. And when we've talked to customers, you know, part of what, what we feel our, our product really does is really help get sales and marketing on the same page in terms of ABM. And mm-hmm. as we were developing it, we talked to a lot of customers that were running ABM plays and, and they would say marketing 
was usually all in, you know, they're like, Hey, we're running, you know, whether it's display ads or email campaigns or mailers or all of the above, whatever it might be. Um, they were all in and then we'd ask them, okay, so you're running all these plays. seems like it should be working, but how is sales using the information that you give them and how are they engaging? And more often than not, it was, uh, kind of, you know, like, they're kind yeah. of picking things up. Um, they're not fully doing what sale, you know, what marketing would like them to be doing. And so you've just got to like from the, from the very top, make sure it's a priority and that everybody knows it's a priority. Otherwise it's, uh, it's just not going to work. You know, it's, it's too yeah. easy to go and do your own things and account based marketing to make it really work. Sales and marketing really have to be on that boat rowing the same direction. And I, I'm sure that that's where a lot of people struggle is because you're so used to running your team and these teams separately and you're just, you're going, 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 getting things done. And, and you don't want that bottleneck of having to wait on somebody else to get back to you for something. And that, yep. that makes it a struggle. But once you get past that and kind of get a process in place, it runs more smoothly. For sure. So, Earlier, you mentioned ICP. So, yeah, let's talk about your ideal customer profile. Um, what is it that you people should do? Do you have some tips that people should do when building their ICP? Um, to yeah. Sure both their sales and marketing are on the same page. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do have some tips. So first, like, I think most companies, when you ask them what their what their ICP is, it really is just like, it is just an idea. It's an idea more than anything. They... They know like, hey, the CEO or, or leadership has told us this is who we sell to. But I think you need to take a step back and you actually need to look at the data. Unless you're a brand new startup that doesn't really have any customers, you need to go and look at like who are your customers, who's bought from you in the past, and not only who's bought from you, but who's sticking around and having success and, and turning into your evangelist. You need to look at those businesses that you're working with and then go and look at the data around those businesses to say, okay, what is making them successful using our products or services? Why are they such a great fit for us? And looking at things like, I mean, every business is going to be a little bit different, but here are just some of the things we suggest you look at. One is location. You know, where are they located? Cause you know, you may get a lot of traffic from India and the Philippines, but, you don't have any customers over there. You know, they're just right. coming for information. Um, also, what industries are they in? And if you've got sub industries within that, drill down to that level even. And then, you know, how much, how big are they from an employee count, from a revenue count? Maybe there are some trends there and there may not be trends in all of these things, but you'll, you'll start to see some for sure. And, and then also, uh, look at things like, like if you're a technology company, what technologies are they using? You know, are they, if you integrate with Salesforce, are they, are they a Salesforce company or are they a HubSpot company? Um, look at the technologies they're using that, that may play a role in what you're doing. And then going to click down, like those are things you can easily, you know, go to a Zoom info, an Apollo, something like that, and like throw in a list and just say, Hey, do they match? You know, and, or even just create a filter and say, Hey, like, this is what I think the ICP is, but there are going to be other things that are going to be a lot harder to get that you're probably going to have to rely on the sales team to uh, to do a little fact finding 
you know, even if they match your perfect profile, like let's say you sell to North America, um, usually other technology related companies that are doing somewhere between five and 50 million in revenue, but it could come down to, okay, like for us, if they don't actually use the website as a, as a means for, for generating new business, they can match all those other things, but we're not going to provide enough value for us to, to move the meter. Like they may even sign up, but like you just know, unless it's like, okay, now we are going to really use the website to generate new customers. They're going away. You know, at some Mm -hmm. point they're going away. Um, Also, if you sell to team sizes, you know, like you sell into sales, you sell into marketing and customer success, you may want to know how many people do we have in those organizations? Because if they're too big or too small, it just may not be a fit for for us. And and some of those things you're going to have to have sales do a little snooping. You're not going to be able to just easily like throw it into a database and and know, hey, they you know they've got 15 people in CS, um, and rely on those numbers. So look at those things, but really look at who your current customers are, and more importantly, who your most successful customers are. I think yeah, that's a great place to start. Go ahead, Lynn. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, w- I was just going to say that I imagine in addition to ICP, I, n- I know you should really work on defining who's in that buyer committee too, the buying committee. Yeah. So. yeah, that's the next thing that we do is we say, um, okay, you match the ICP, we enroll them. And then I even on that buying committee, having different personas on the buying committee and, and getting those contacts. That's one of the things we also help our customers with, but going and saying, okay, here are, and I would start as simple as here are decision makers, here are our influencers. And, uh, and you're going to have different messaging for both of those and, and different plays. Like your influencers, you may just, like, let's say you're going after this account, you may just put them in a drip email campaign. Um, and the decision makers, you're going to say, okay, next step is we're actually going to put this into a, into a sales loft play and have the team start reaching out proactively over the phone, over the email and, uh, and trying to engage those people. Cause they're, they're ultimately going to be the ones who make the decision. Um, but yeah, having those different personas within the committee and you'll drill down more as you figure it out, if you're starting, starting brand new, but, but just, I would say, Hey, who are your decision makers? What are their job titles? And then who are usually your influencers? And you can just go back and look at your opportunity data to figure that out pretty easily. And that kind of also one of the things you mentioned um, was focusing on the different software that they use. I think sometimes we lose track of that because one of our clients is always, well, does it integrate with Slack? And just knowing those different integrations is a huge part of filling out that whole ID uh, ICP. Yep. Yeah, like for us, you know, if you use HubSpot or Salesforce, we're we're like gold. We're like great. We have awesome integrations with both of those. Um, we got a whole bunch of other integrations, but usually, if you're on one of those two, we know like, hey, high likelihood they're going to be successful using the product. Mm-hmm. So, regarding the personas and buying committee um, conversation. That kind of leads us, we talked a little bit about messaging. How should sales and marketing work together on that messaging? Should sales just be worried about when they actually start talking to people on the 
buying committee in the decision process or should the team work together from top of the um, planning stage all the way through? I think they should work together all the way through. Not that they have to know every detail the other team is doing, but but sales should know like if like we have an automated play where come to our website, match ICP, show some intent. We put them into some email campaigns that come from the sales team right away. And, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, like we just turned that on and sales didn't even know what was being said, you know? And then when people responded, they're like, okay, now I got to go back and I got to see like, what was, <laughs> what was the value prop? What was, what was I pitching them? You know? Right. So, you got to get them on the same page so they at least know, okay, coming from marketing, here's what they're trying to do. Here's what is expected from me is the most important thing in that process, I feel like. If they don't know what it, what's expected of them, then it's never going to work. It, like, and I think the your your SOP for, uh, for anything that's in an ABM or an ABE campaign should be higher if you're like, you know, it's like, hey, we got to get to leads within, you know, eight, eight hours. Uh, if it's a normal lead, but if it's a, a lead coming out of ABM, it's under an hour. It's we need to be reaching out to them and making contact. Um, ideally, it's you know instantaneously, but making sure they know here's the expectation. You're tracking that and and you're reporting on that as well. So let's kind of shift over to what would be next would be the handoffs, which can be a little bit tricky. So yeah. how do you make sure that your handoff from marketing to sales is working? I know that you guys don't really focus on criteria for yeah. MQLs and SQLs. So how do you guys do that? And what kind of advice could you give? Yeah. So we kind of consider everything an MQL until it turns into a, until it turns into a sales opportunity is, is how we operate. But what, how we operate on, on that level, the handoff is the, mo the most crucial part of this. So the sales team for us, and this is what we advise our clients is make sure they have that expectation. They first, they know what's been going on ahead. You know, like, is it a combination of emails, display ads? What is it? And they've got some information about the account and they know that once they respond and, and raise their hand and say, yes, like, let's talk how soon they're supposed to get back to them. And we report on that and, and say, okay, you know, Tuesday at, at 12 PM, Jim raised his hand and said, yep, yeah, I want to learn more. Well, you've got till, till 1 PM to at least to, you know, send him an email or made a phone call to him. Right. And, to and make that to, touch. Yeah. To make that touch. So having the expectation of, of when it goes from marketing has been warming it up to, they say, yes, I want to learn more. I want to talk, whatever it may be how quickly sales needs to follow up and, and what the follow up should be. You know, is it, is it a phone call that says, Hey, let's, let's just talk right now and answer questions. Is it an email to say, okay, let's book a meeting and, and, and meet at your convenience. Like what is that? Every organization is going to be a little bit different, but you got to have something defined. Yeah. I think those cadences that you have set for that is, crucial, you know, to mix up, you know, an email, a phone call, whatever your touch is going to be. And do you find that there's a certain amount of touch that your team ends up doing versus I, what is it like the average is like 12 touches for some before yeah. you get a positive outcome? Yeah. And, and we find we're kind of in that, 
that same number. You know, you got to have a certain number of touches and, and somewhere between 10 and 15 is usually where you've got to end up before it's like, okay, let's, let's talk and let's have a conversation. And, uh, for our team, one of the things that, that we found to be really successful is, is we alert, we have a series of alerts based on actions that they take that go to the sales team. So along the way, they're getting updates. And when it comes time that they can engage with somebody, they have the ability to engage with them almost instantaneously and say, okay, let's talk. You're interested right now. I feel like since smartphones have come along, we, everyone has some level of ADD now, <laughs> you know, we're all used to <laughs> notifications. If we want it, yeah. we can get it right now on our phone. Um, and so your buyers are the same. And so like if they, you've got their attention, you need to reach out to them right now, whether that's through a phone call, through an email, even if they're on your website, sending them a message from their, their account executive. That's like, you know, I'm Ron, I'm here right now. If you have any questions, let me know. So they can talk to you, they can get their answers before they move on to your competitors. And if your competitors are better at getting a hold of them quick, you put yourself at a disadvantage. Yeah, and especially if you're looking at multiple um, companies and you're looking at all their competitors and you're doing all your research all at once, and then they call you back another day or two, like who was yeah. this again? So you've you've they've already forgotten you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been there where I'm like, okay, I have a problem. You know, maybe it's not like a huge budget item, but it's like we need a tool and and I'm just going to solve this problem today because I don't want to have mm-hmm. to worry about it anymore. Yeah. And if I can get somebody that that's like, hey, the price is right. It looks like it's going to work. Uh, I don't have to get locked down into a long term contract. Sometimes we'll buy stuff in as quick as a day and just say, okay, like, let's do it. And, yeah. and I don't think we're that different from a lot of organizations. You know, they got a problem. They want to solve it and they want to move on. Yep. Definitely. So we talked a little bit about um, handoff and some about different tools that work together or maybe don't work together. How do you manage um, this process when you have these different tools that maybe weren't meant to integrate? Uh, Should you look for a single solution um, or do you think there's an opportunity for different uh, like CRM and a HubSpot or, yeah. and a chat funnels or whatever to work together. What's the best practices and how do you keep data inconsistencies at a minimum? Yeah, I think you've got it. I'm, I'm a fan of using multiple tools. I don't think you should have, you know, some, some people, it feels like they bought every tool they could even, they could imagine, <laughs> you know, and they, and they're only using some of them and, and only one or two or well, like, you know, when we set up customers, I'll, I'll talk to our CS team and they're like, yeah, they have, they have like everything, you know, <laughs> and then some people, they have like two things, you know, that they use. And the answer is probably somewhere in the middle, but you've got to have one source of truth. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm a believer in. So, we have a lot of customers that actually use Salesforce for, for their CRM and more their source of truth on the sales side. And then they use HubSpot on the marketing automation side of things. And they, we see sometimes they do a great job of deciding, okay, here's where everything comes from marketing and then it flows back into Salesforce or they roll it up into a BI tool that is their, you know, their one source of truth, whether that's like a Domo or a Tableau Mm-hmm. or something similar but you got to have one source of truth otherwise it's it's not going to work um whatever that might be now for us we send pretty much everything 
even from our tool into Salesforce. And that's where we were like, okay, if we need an answer, we go to Salesforce and that's where you start. Um, but I really think you've got to have the one place where everything rolls into and, and that you can trust. It can even just be a spreadsheet, you know, at a small organization. If you're just taking things on a weekly or a daily basis and saying, okay, here's the metrics. We're all putting it in here. But you've got to have that, that one place that you can go back and say, this is, this is our source of truth. And having that one source of truth kind of helps you to know if you're hitting your goals. Yeah. So if you're not aligned with your goals between your two teams, then that's going to create some friction. So how do you make sure that your two teams, your marketing goals support the sales goals? Yeah. For us, like when I evaluate marketing, I evaluate them there. You know, we have a ton of, of metrics we can track in marketing all the way through the funnel. But the one thing that I care about is new opportunities sourced and created for the sales team and the pipeline number associated with those. So if there's problems with that, we go back and we look at the the rest of the numbers leading up to it to see, okay, like, where's our problem? Is it, you know, is it an email issue? Is it uh, a budget issue in, in ads? You know, what is it? Um, is it a conversion issue on the website or, uh, or who we're targeting? But really the one number that, that we hold them accountable to is how many new opportunities came from you and were not sourced just from, you know, the AEs reaching out to somebody on their own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best way that's for us. That's what I found is the best way to do it. Um, that way everyone knows, you know, like sometimes it's a hard organ talk to have in your organization, but, but like, everyone's job in the organization is to, to help drive profitability, you know, whether that's through acquiring new customers or operating efficiently, everyone's job. And the only reason anybody has a job is to drive profitability in a, in a, in an organization. So for marketing, the way they do that is help with new sales ops. It's not, Hey, we got a gazillion website visitors this month, or we've got, you know, so many downloads. It's, we got people to say, yeah, I'm interested in learning more and I'll talk to the sales team. I think one thing, um, at least in my conversations with some people is there's still the inbound mindset of this is the KPI I'm hitting of X leads or yeah, yeah leads, downloads of, uh, ebooks this month but maybe those people are just wanting to know how to build a widget or market a widget they don't really care about buying your product and yeah, so that, that doesn't really help the sales team and i being a marketer for a while i feel that angst when you say marketers help with the opportunities like no i'm just with leads but yes <laughs> <laughs> yes we do need to be moving to that next level of helping uh generate opportunities yeah, I, I mean, it is. It's not the easiest conversation to have because you know, like you're in marketing, and and you may you may be tasked with, hey, you know, your job is to drive X amount of downloads, yeah. but you got to connect the dot, and yeah. and if you want to move up, um, you know, go from you know just being somebody on the marketing team to being a leader and maybe even mm -hmm. a CMO one day, like that's what the CEO is going to judge the marketing team on is is how did you help us close new revenue. Right. And uh, and so thinking about, OK, like I'm driving these downloads of this content, like what am I doing within the content to to lead them to say, oh, I should I should talk to the sales team like these guys can help me with whatever problem it is. Um, 
you got to be thinking about that or what's the follow up um, to this download that, that helps the sales team get involved. Right. Constantly yeah, be moving them through the funnel. Yep. So is there any advice you'd like to leave our listeners with on top of what we've already discussed to help them improve their sales and marketing alignment for better ABM or ABE initiatives? Yeah, I would say, I mean, really just recap a little of what we said is if you're going to do it, you've got to get sales and marketing on the same page. And I think some of the things beyond like technologies you can buy and, and I think there are like tools like us, we give the sales team a lot of insights into what's going on with their accounts, but really make sure you're meeting once a week. You've clearly defined who you're going after and why. And, and then you've got some, some standard operating procedures where you know, okay, especially on the handoff, when they finally raise their hands and say, yes, let's talk what's expected from sales and, and sales knows what's gone on from marketing um, leading up to that. So they have a little context. They can opt in quickly and engage people right away. All right. So we have one last question for you. It's a yeah. just for fun question. So no pressure. Okay. <laughs> so if you weren't working with chat funnels, what would be your dream job? My dream job. Um, I think what it would be is I would have my own hunting TV show <laughs> is what okay. I would have. I, I grew up, <laughs> I grew up in Idaho and, uh, I, I love hunting, fishing, exploring the outdoors. Uh, that's what I would be doing is I'd just be out doing adventures in the mountains all over the world. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it would be really fun. Would you well, have a personality like the crocodile hunter? Up for something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe I can get this after chat funnels. We'll see if Discovery yeah. Plus will yeah. pick me up. I mean, they're all about the unscripted show. So, you know. yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to pump you up on uh, Twitter with them. So we'll, okay. put, we'll put in a good word. <laughs> Thank, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I think it's a long way off, but, uh, <laughs> but one of these days. Oh, when I was growing up, this will give my age away possibly, but I used to love to watch that bill dance show. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I love bill dance. <laughs> and I didn't really do a lot of outdoorsy stuff, but yeah. <laughs> so bill I dance is funny. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. If, for anyone that's listening, if whether you like fishing or not, you go to YouTube and Google the Bill Dance bloopers. Oh man, it's a, it's a hoot. I'm gonna go check that out then. I'm gonna have to do it because I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't? I used to no, watch it with I Randy. Can't, <laughs> I can't think of who that is. I'll have okay. to go see. <laughs> so, Billy, how can our listeners uh, reach you or connect with you if they'd like to learn more about ABM or just uh, follow you online? Yeah, yeah. So the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Just, you know, put in Billy Bateman. I'm probably the first one that pops up. If there's another one, just put chat funnels at the end of it. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Um, I'm pretty responsive on LinkedIn. So that's the easiest way. If you want to learn more about chat funnels, uh, you can message me directly or just go to our website, chatfunnels.com. All right. We'll include that in the show notes so that everybody can easily find you and click on it. But thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of your knowledge about ABM with us. All right. Thank you. If you want to get in touch with me or Stacy, you can hit us up on social. On Twitter, you can find Stacy 
at Stacy underscore Jax. That's S-T-A-C-Y underscore J-A-X. And you can find me at Elena underscore Jax. That's A-L-A-N-N-A underscore J-A-X. If you're not a fan of Twitter, you can also look us up on LinkedIn. And don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe.